0: Welcome to Crossover Wednesday, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock locked on Cardinals, David Drogemeyer, locked on Chargers, Crossover Wednesday Wednesday locked on Podcast Network, Bo, every time I have a problem saying that, I don't know what's going on. We have a great podcast today for you, David from San Diego, Los Angeles calling in and uh, we're here sitting in the Fox Sports 910 studios, Bo and I, uh, you can hear us one to seven uh, on two different shows on the Fox Sports 910 family. Uh, Monday through Friday. David, thanks for joining us, man.
1: Hey, always a pleasure to get on and talk football. I love these crossovers because I can get an idea of what the opposing teams, experts, and fans uh, are kind of thinking and feeling about this game. It's always fun for me.
2: And it's always nice for us as two people who are covering the Cardinals to kind of get on the couch and kind of just work out and talk through some of our struggles that we're going through, what we're dealing with right now through this 2-8 season. And uh, yeah, we just appreciate talking to in your case. And I know you're coming off a tough loss as far as the Chargers are concerned. But in your case, a team that's having some success this season, it's it's nice to hear our colleagues enjoying their time covering the team that they that they're covering.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, before the the Chargers uh very upsetting loss against the Broncos on Sunday, they had won six straight, so they were playing really good football. And yeah, you can say, hey, you know, maybe they were playing against some subpar opponents, but you know, they don't make the schedule; they just play the game. So uh, the Chargers uh, have been doing well, and even after that that hiccup, they're still seven and three on the year, and still in control of one of the AFC wildcard spots. So can't be too upset at this
0: juncture. Yeah. Well, David, listen, uh, we have some positive things too. You know, the Cardinals only lost by 12 to the, uh, chiefs a couple weeks ago. So that's pretty much the highlight of our season so far. So I I think we're, we're we're (laughs) in pretty much the same boat here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The same boat without question.
0: So let's, uh, we're going to interrogate you first. Uh, what what do you see when you see the Arizona Cardinals coming to town? Be honest.
1: Um, I, I see a, a team that's in a free fall. To be to be quite honest, I mean they have a, a rookie quarterback that has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. The the running game is kind of iffy I mean you got David Johnson which I think we all expected a little bit more out of him but you know with that offensive line on the Cardinal side it's kind of you know kind of difficult but he's such a talent you still got that you know future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald Chandler Jones on the defensive side is doing some crazy things but we'll get into that in a little bit but yeah I mean there's some pieces on this team but I think we all know that they're quite a few pieces away from contention.
2: Let me ask you: As far as the Cardinals are concerned, coming off of a loss to the Denver Broncos, a team that uh, I'm sure the Chargers and their fans alike were not expecting to come out on the losing end of, but when you have a big game coming up on December 2nd against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in the Steel City, is there? I mean, I know, I know as bad as and, and Alex and I certainly know how bad the Cardinals have been. Could there be a chance that this Bolts team is looking forward uh, and maybe past this Cardinals team come Sunday?
1: i sincerely don't think so because of the fact that they lost to the broncos i think that you know if they would have took care of business against the broncos then there might have been a chance that they would have looked looked past this Cardinals team but i think you know sunday was a wake-up call to the chargers that anybody can lose on any given sunday monday thursday does not matter and they did lose so I don't think they're going to be taking the Cardinals lightly at all. I think that they know that they can't perform like that and expect to win because, like I said, in the NFL, these are all professional teams. So anybody can win on any given day. So given the fact that they lost previously on Sunday, I don't think they're going to be looking past the Cardinals at all.
0: David joining us, locked on Cardinals. You can follow, or locked on Chargers. You can follow him on Twitter at lockedonlac. So. You have a second year head coach. We have a first year head coach. The uh tenures for each couldn't be more different, seemingly. Chargers went nine and seven last year in his first season, and with any sort of, of kick game, they they could have won, you know, ten, eleven, twelve games, and you're seven and three this year. I know the talent's a little bit more skewed in 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 the Chargers direction, but do you think you just got lucky with, with the coaching hire, or was it just the personnel that fit what the coach wanted to do?
1: So I think, you know, just first of all, this Chargers team had so much talent before Anthony Lynn got there. But the coaching has been subpar. We had Malibu Mike, or Mike McCoy, as we like to call him, Mount Malibu Mike, just because he was so milk toast. He's not the type of guy that you would really inspire people to follow in his footsteps. He's not really a leader. He wasn't really well-spoken. He is, uh the worst press press conference in the entire NFL, probably worse than Bill Belichick. He was just terrible. Um, but Anthony Lynn's a man. You know, He's a guy that demands respect. He played in the league. He's won championships. He's the guy who has a presence. When he walks into the locker room, he kind of demands that respect, and he gets that respect. So um, for Anthony Lynn... Uh, He really did definitely walk into a great situation with the Chargers, but I think the way he is and the way he carries himself has really got this football team playing pretty well.
2: You know, it's interesting you bring up that four-letter word here, Mike McCoy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) People in the the media around here actually had some funny things to say that Mike McCoy would... He couldn't even confirm that today was Wednesday. He was just so coy as far as his press conferences were concerned. You really didn't know what you were going to get from him. And when it came to d- game days, the guy was an absolute fraud. He was an absolute fraud from day one. And it's really set this franchise back as far as offense is concerned. So, I, I mean, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. You guys just had it on a whole other level. I'm, I, I'm sure this was a franchise that had uh, a, a lot of turnover and and had to try to get out all of the things that Mike McCoy tried to instill as head coach. But let's talk about former Arizona Cardinals head coach, offensive coordinator for the Bolts. How's Ken Wisenhut working out around there?
1: He's doing really well. Uh, I think uh, having the continuity for the past couple of years, bringing him back, you know, uh, we had him before, then he went off, and then we brought him back in. Uh, and I mean, hey, this coaching staff has three head coaches on it. You know, you got Gus Bradley on the defensive side, Ken Whisenhunt on the offensive side, and then of course, Anthony Lynn has the actual head coach. So to have that much head coaching experience really bodes well for the team. And Ken Whisenhunt just kind of, I think, has a really good feel for what Phillip Rivers likes yeah. to do. And you know, with the per- uh, the personnel that the Chargers have right now, uh, I mean, that is really important. I think you know. Continuity on the offensive and defensive line is important, but continuity in the coaching staff is also very important. I think just having that stability there uh, is going to bode well for this team going forward. uh, The offense is humming, so they're definitely one of the better offenses in the league. So I think Ken Wisenhunt doing a great job.
2: You know, the stars, the playmakers, the quarterback uh, get a lot of the headlines as far as the Chargers are concerned, but has that offensive line been kind of the unsung hero of that team, that offense?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I think, uh, you know, looking at this offensive line, they have given up, you know, some of the least sacks in the league so far. And I think a lot of that has to do with the man in the middle they brought in in free agency uh, in the form of Mike Pouncey. I think Mike Pouncey has been tremendous, not only in the pass game and the run game, but, you know, Philip Rivers is the type of quarterback who likes to call all of his own protections at the line. He's very, very involved in that. But, He doesn't have to do that with Mike County because he's a veteran and he's able to take, you know, those calls for protections off of Philip Rivers' plate. So the less that Philip has to do, the better. And you allow a guy who has a a presence, you know, in the run game, he's a nasty run blocker and a very physical and uh, athletic run blocker. I mean, he's a guy who gets to the second level routinely, uh, has really benefited Melvin Gordon in the run game and also, uh, Obviously, Philip Rivers in the pass protection game, uh, but also getting good play out of uh, Russell Olton and uh, really kind of iffy play out of Dan Feeney, But the uh, who is our left guard? But the continuity on the the left tackle side and in the center uh, have really brought some strong, you know, underrated offensive line play for the Chargers.
0: Alex Lancy, bobrock locked on Cardinals. David Drogmeyer. Locked on Chargers. You know,
1: ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you do, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use i would only recommend the service to my listeners that's been good to me that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my book you win they pay they have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game so join my bookie now and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar use promo code locked on to activate this offer Visit MyBookieOnline online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: Welcome back. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. David Drogenmeier, Locked On Chargers. Follow the podcast for them at Locked On LAC. You can follow our podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Follow Bo at Bob Brock. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We're deep diving into the Los Angeles Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals' opponent uh, opponent for Week 12. Uh, I'm I'm worried about this, uh, the front seven of the Chargers with with Joey Bosa coming back. You have Melvin Ingram. I, I was saying before we started the podcast, before we turned the mics on, that this is a very underrated defense. Still, seemingly, uh, the secondary is a little bit banged up, but still have Casey Hayward and you know anchoring that that secondary. What do you think the defensive scheme is going to be like going into Sunday with the rookie quarterback and a banged up offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It's attack, attack, attack. Uh, I think you you know you got to get after uh, Josh Rosen as much as possible. And with the return of Joey Bosa, and you know you got Melvin Ingram on the other side, another guy you have to kind of put up with uh, in you know not only in the back end but also uh, rushing the, the the passer is our first round pick Derwin James. Derwin James has been absolutely phenomenal this year. He's been all over the football field, uh, and he's been used like a Swiss Army knife. He, he'll rush out, rush the quarterback. He's got three and a half sacks already this year. He will go back and play free safety. He'll play in the box uh, as that strong safety flash linebacker. He's all over the place. Uh, And to add Joey Bosa, along with Melvin Ingram, along with Derwin James, uh, I think they're going to be pinning their ears back as much as possible to make Josh Rosen as uncomfortable as possible on Sunday.
2: Byron Lefwich took over. We mentioned Mike McCoy earlier in this podcast. I apologize to Chargers and Cardinals fans alike for even bringing him up. Um, But you you do mention, you know, the secondary and the pass rush and and a good way to kind of neutralize that has been Byron Leftwich's ability to actually utilize the Cardinals best offensive weapon and David Johnson, 145 yards plus from scrimmage since Byron Leftwich took over. What's your idea of how the Chargers can maybe um, slow down David Johnson? or Is it maybe just somebody that they'll let run free and then take care of everything else?
1: Well, I think that going into this game you have to know that David Johnson is the Cardinals' biggest offensive threat. So, I think if you're going to take anyone away, it's going to have to be David Johnson. I think you key in on him all game long. You got to know where he is at all times. I think you do everything you can to take him away. If that's devil in him, uh, as a receiver, because I know they, you know, sometimes they'll spread him out wide. But he's a playmaker. He's an electric guy with the football in his hands. He can make things happen. And I think, you know, uh, besides Larry Fitzgerald, he's really, the you know, he's the biggest weapon the Cardinals have. So you take him away, you try to make Josh Rosen beat you. And I think that's the recipe for success.
0: I there have been issues offensively for the Cardinals, and, and that's. Um... Putting it lightly, putting it the most PG that I possibly can. David Johnson has shown finally through the last couple weeks with Byron Leftwich taking over after he took over that he still has some juice. And obviously, everybody remembers him from a couple of years ago before the injury with almost 1,000-yard receiving, 1,000-yard rushing season. Focal point-wise, if you had to stop one person, would that be the one and let Josh Rose oh. beat you?
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, like I said, David Johnson, you know, a couple years ago, he was one of the best football players in the NFL, period. Just all the things that he was capable of doing. Like I said, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He, I mean, you can even put him in the slot or really even put him out wide with the kind of hands that he has. And, you know, he's got good speed, good power. I mean, we saw in limited snaps what he was able to do to the Chargers in preseason, so... Uh, even I remember that. I mean, yeah, David Johnson is an electric player, and uh, like I said, he's the guy on the Cardinals' offense that you have to stop.
2: Melvin Gordon in the top five in rushing in the NFL, seven hundred forty-one yards. Just having an incredible season. Arizona Cardinals—they gave up over a hundred. I mean, they just are—it's death taxes. And the Cardinals giving up a hundred yards in rushing total to or or more, absolutely more to the opposing running backs, it seems like this is just a recipe for Melvin Gordon to go off on Sunday. Is that your same thoughts, or what are you looking at as far as the offense is concerned for the, uh, for the bolts
0: this week?
1: Yeah. So going up against the Cardinals defense, uh, they're giving up 24.8 uh, points per game and over a hundred and forty and a half, over 141 and a half rushing yards per game. So yeah, obviously looking at this, uh, looking at those two stats, Melvin Gordon, I'm sure, is licking his chops at this one. Uh, obviously, you got to know where Chandler Jones is. You know, he's a, a great player uh, on your guys' defense, 10-and-a-half sacks already this year. But, you know, a very capable run defender. I think he's, a, you know, one of the better all-around players. And because he's in Arizona, he doesn't really get the love that he should. But he's a tremendous player. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Melvin Gordon is very excited about this game. And, yeah, there's potential for a lot of fireworks for him. Yes. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they, you know, get back to running the ball a little bit more effectively because uh, they didn't really do it too well against the Broncos on Sunday.
2: Yeah. Was it something where the Broncos were, could just take the Chargers kind of out of uh, their comfort zone on Sunday? Is that is that where they kind of were able to keep themselves in that contest and eventually hit the game-winning field goal at the end?
1: Sunday, the, the Chargers uncharacteristically gave the ball away a couple yeah. of times. Phillip Rivers, before Sunday, had only thrown full interceptions on the year, and he threw two in that game, and one of them Devon Miller, which it should have never been thrown. Uh, yeah. But, you know, hey, you know, those are things that you you got to know that you can't do. I mean, you give the ball to the other team, that's usually a recipe for success for them and a loss for you. So, you got to protect the football, and you got to be smarter. I mean, all those penalties, I mean, 14 of them, like I mentioned earlier, is just completely unacceptable. So cleaning up the penalties, running the football a lot more efficiently
0: uh, is
1: also I mean, going to be very important uh, on Sunday against the Cardinals. And given the Cardinals' rush defense, there's going to be opportunities for that. Yeah, I'd just be interested
2: to see how it plays out. I mean, uh, obviously the, the Chargers seem probably will be more focused this, this week coming off that loss. As you mentioned, the penalties were a big issue. The turnovers were a big issue. The Cardinals and their few wins that they've had this season—they've been able to first force some turnovers, be opportunistic with that. We know that Patrick Peterson's there. You mentioned Chandler Jones in the top three in sacks, ten and a half sacks. We saw him—he was very active in a game against the Oakland Raiders, but then he seemed to disappear. We'll see if he can play a full four quarters. I think the same can be said for this entire Arizona Cardinals team. Can they put together a full game? They haven't yet this season. I'm not expecting them to do that against the good Chargers team. So. I, I, I don't know I I'm, I I really believe that the Cardinals we we talked about their momentum Alex following a loss which is silly and I feel kind of duped in thinking that you know in a 12 point loss that you can create any kind of momentum but uh, and then I was you know proven incorrect with the loss to the consensus worst team in the league that this Cardinals team is just bad and it, 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 I, I'm gonna go back to the formula that I had earlier this season where I can't in my right mind pick the Arizona Cardinals to beat anybody at this yeah. point. I just can't. And I don't think that they're gonna be in this they're gonna be in the in within striking distance this
0: week. I mean we will give our projections after after this break. Right. And I don't think they're gonna be pretty. And I'm gonna keep my homerism for the <laughs> Chargers outside of this. It's um I don't believe we will see a Buffalo, Minnesota situation. This upcoming, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see just, you know, that that was just out of control. Yeah, that Josh Allen and those guys were they they went into Minneapolis 17 point dogs and they just manhandled the the Vikings. We we're not going to see mean, that. I mean, and Philip
0: Rivers is the mastermind. Look at time of possession. Right. This weekend it's going to be a landslide in favor yeah. of Sandy or of Los Angeles. That's
2: what turned the game against the Raiders. Right. That's what turned the game And Philip
0: Rivers is an absolute master when it comes to hanging on to the ball and keeping the opposing quarterback and star players on the sideline.
2: All right. Well, you know what? Let's remember back to the days when we were just ready to go. Was that back in 2015 when the Cardinals were a good team? Yeah. Anyway. And, Bo, I'm 35. <laughs> I mean,
0: what are you trying to say? I'm
2: trying to say that uh, now you can increase your performance, get extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. It's like blue, the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable and the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and cialis So, you know, they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Say Sunday gets out of control. The Chargers are hanging one on the Cardinals. You're looking for a little Sunday afternoon activity. Pop a Blue Chew. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than the pharmacy right now. They've got a special deal for our listeners, Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Chargers. It doesn't matter. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice.
0: And we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I think that the movie Anchorman hijacked the song Afternoon Delight. Because oh, that's sure all is. I think about every time somebody brings up an afternoon sesh <laughs> yeah. or afternoon. Unless, unless I'm, you know, first person where I'm thinking about other things. Right. But... I mean that just skyrockets in flight. Oh yeah. man, David Keckner news
2: team just just laying it out there. <laughs> it was beautiful. Oh man, and it, and it also throws back to the time when the when the bolts were in San Diego, and it just all comes full circle. San Diego, we'll be right back.
0: Wrapping up here. Crossover Wednesday. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Mister David from Locked On Chargers. Follow him at Locked On Lac on Twitter. Follow the podcast here at Locked On Az Cards. So let's do predictions here. David, you go first. Be gentle.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, with this one, like I said, uh, with the Chargers coming off a really, you know, honestly embarrassing loss to the Broncos, uh, I think that, you know, it would have been easy to look past the, the Cardinals had they won, but given the loss, they're definitely not going to. And so going into Sunday, I think they know they need to they go out there and, and take care of business. So, uh, I mean, obviously, guys, we know these teams are on two different, you know, wavelengths. They're going in two different directions. I think the Cardinals are definitely prepping for next year, um, and the Chargers are, are, you know, trying to aspire for the playoffs. So uh, given the given that information, uh, I think, you know, the Chargers are going to try to stop uh, the running game, uh, for the Cardinals and try to make, you know, the rookie Josh Rosen beat them. And I, I just don't don't think Josh Rosen can do that. I just think there's just too much talent on the defensive side for the Chargers and way too much firepower on the offense. So uh, given that information, I'm going to go with a 30 to 10 score for the Chargers and uh, to eight and three. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's a little closer than that for Cardinals fans. But uh, I just unfortunately don't see
2: it. Yeah, thank you for taking mercy on the Cardinals, thirty to ten. That's that seems around the the correct ballpark. And when you look at these two teams on paper, and I know that the games aren't pay- played on paper, but there is just so much talent compared from the Chargers to the Cardinals. It's not even close. And if you look at pretty much every category and every category that that matters, the Chargers are better than the Cardinals. Maybe you can call it a uh, uh, just a, a wash at running back, Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon has the benefit of a good offensive line. Yes, He's got a good pass game. Yes, They can run the play action. He just benefits from all of that, where David Johnson is just – he's a one-man team. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be ugly. Can the Cardinals reach double digits? That's going to be just the entire – that's what our predictions are going to be the rest of the year, Clancy. Um <laughs> You know, I, I just don't, I think that this Chargers team is it, it's getting healthy at the right time. Bosa came back. Of course, it was in a losing effort. He's going to be dialed in. This is going to be a Bolts team that's going to be hungry. They're going to be focused, and this is going to be ugly for a rookie quarterback and and crew. Cardinals, I'll say they muster nine points. They lose. I, I, I the Chargers probably they'll get up there and maybe they'll put the pull their foot off the the gas. I say they wait, win twenty eight nine. Twenty eight nine.
0: Yeah, it's – uh <laughs> well, you've undersold the Cardinals' offense. Have I? Yeah. I mean, you Most said than what? Well, then I've done a good job. What do you say? <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember what you said. Uh, you are pretty spot on for the Chiefs. So, I will say 34-17. Because okay. Philip Rivers is always good for one pick that gives teams a short field and a score when it's unnecessary.
2: That's not the Cardinals' offense, though. Is that might be the Cardinals' best chance at scoring points yeah. is their
0: defense. I, and that's what it's been all year so i but i will say chargers 34 the lowly arizona cardinals 17 that's it david dude thanks so much for joining us uh it's been a pleasure to uh cross over wednesday with you
1: hey absolutely guys and uh best of luck to the cardinals after sunday for the rest of the year hopefully they can uh get a couple more W's to make that fan base feel a little bit better. Uh, one, before we go, i got one last yeah. question for you. I just want to know, uh, you know, what are the biggest holes on, on this Cardinal team? What do you think they're, they're going to look at to kind of address in the offseason and uh, in the draft next year?
0: How much time you got, Yeah, buddy? yeah. I, this is not a week-long <laughs> crossover, David.
2: No, I mean, <laughs> the, the biggest hole right now, and it is it is just a big glaring hole, it's, it's the offensive line, and I think a lot of NFL franchises – will say that i mean you always are looking for guys to protect especially a guy on a rookie scale contract and josh rosen i know if you look at his numbers david they're not that impressive but we've seen enough from him to believe that with you know proper protection rosen can make all the throws that you need from your quarterback cardinals are going to have ample cap space they're going to have high draft picks they're going to have the ability to potentially rebuild and expedite that rebuild so you're going to have to look at the. I think they'll look at the offensive line in the draft. I know it's a stacked draft on the defensive line. Uh, Joey Bosa's brother, Nick Bosa, is a guy that's going to be atop the draft. I don't know if that's where the Cardinals will go because we mentioned Chandler Jones. They could also re-sign Marcus Golden, and their pass rush isn't that bad. So could they go interior and go Ed Oliver at defensive tackle? It's potential. I mean, we saw Monday night an animal in an Aaron Donald. It'd be nice to have a, a type of player like that, but they don't just grow on trees and you're always taking a risk when you're drafting a player like that at the top of the draft. So I would say offensive line. I think that's the biggest glaring hole They're, They'll have a, a lot an opportunity. I think in free agency to maybe fill some voids easier than the offensive line at maybe in the defensive secondary, in the linebacking core, and at the wide receiver position, but I, I would I would definitely say the offensive line. Yeah, and
0: and you didn't specify between players or front office members, <laughs> so I think cleaning house is what everybody's calling for. We're calling for winter cleaning. Wait, I just do it now before the spring. Unfortunately, GM Steve Keim, two players that that Bo mentioned, two positions that Bo mentioned that. Steve Keim took a crack at drafting a few years back. One was Jonathan Cooper, seventh overall pick. He's, I don't even know, where is he with Jacksonville now? I have no idea. No, he was he's with, with Co- Washington. That's right. He was with Jacksonville. He was with Cleveland. He was with Dallas. Now he's with Washington Journeyman. And Robert Kimdiche, interior, uh, interior defender. So hopefully the GM will be under another name come draft time. So I think that's where the problems start and the trickle-down effect starts from there.
1: Well, hey, uh, us over here at the Lockdown Chargers podcast, they'll be uh, checking out to see what the kind of will be in the offseason. Uh, next year.
0: Cool, man. Really appreciate it, David. Thanks. All right.